0: Three, two, one. here
1: we go! Hey everybody, welcome to System and Soul. Chris White and Benj Miller coming at you today. And uh, today's session uh, is going to be a short one, but it's going to be a powerful one. And it's just going to be me and Benj. Benj, tell us what we're going to talk about today.
0: Well, we've had a couple of interesting conversations with coaches, with prospects, with uh, you know, just the market in general, and people wanting to understand more of like what does it actually mean? What does it look like to infuse and to prioritize the soul of your organization, the soul of your business? And so we wanted to talk through our model, just the two of us kind of riffing our way around the model and talk about all of the, the ways or some of the ways that this isn't just a system it really brings the soul into the conversation into the forefront of the mindset of the business and the leaders uh, for the acceleration of the value and the attractiveness to the market so let's start there let's start with like what is soul to us you know soul the the main ingredients are the the culture the identity and the people right? Culture, the, the, the environment that we build, all the things that we do, what we're known for, the identity, that's really who we are as an organization and the pieces that make up that. We have a lot of filtering tools for how we make decisions based on who we know ourselves to be. And then our people. And, and we'll save that one for last as we go through the model. But people are everything in the business and you can't have identity, can't have culture without people. You can't actualize any of this. So in the model, let's start with design, Chris, the design design is the most interesting one because you, you read, you know, what we're about in design and you say, structure processes and and bets, which we've talked about what those are before. So we won't go into that, but that feels like a hundred percent system. And you say, well, maybe it is, but how can you have a great culture? How can you have an amazing soul to your business. If those any of those three things are in chaos,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when we when we start with a client um, on the system and soul implementation, and you know, day one, we jump right in. We roll our sleeves up and we go to work. And the very first tool, you know, that we work on is the org chart, right? And and the beauty of the way we do the org chart. Is its its ultimate goal? Yes, it's a hierarchical structure and it's a visual, but it also goes deeper than that and provides clarity. And so, how you know how can you how can you build a healthy culture if your people, you know, are clear on you know their own role in the company, or maybe a part of a team, um, or even you know connected you know to the corporate vision. You know, right? When you read when you read. Um, Uh, Culture code, you know, the first thing Daniel talks about what employees want and need is that psychological safety. Yeah. And and so, you know, we're blending that into when we build, you know, the structure, we're absolutely just fanatical, right, about capturing a few bullets inside of each seat, Um, the mission, right? We have a tool called um, Commander's Intent and Uh, The the purpose of that is to help uh, the employee write a successful mission of their seat. And when they do that and they use that tool, you know, they're buying into it. They're taking ownership over that and ownership mindset. Wouldn't that be fantastic for our culture? So, yeah, yeah, it starts right there. Day one, org chart um for sure soul is a part of that
0: well the other thing that happens here is when we talk about how we do work and the bets that we make like what when we talk about the bets you're you're giving a communication and written and resource and an intent of what is the priority of this organization and you know, our priorities turn into our actions, turn into our habits. It turns into our character, right? And so right, they exactly. it's all back to identity, right? That's so right. these both, it's its a machine that feeds itself. other. You used earlier this, like, analogy with your hands, with all your fingers coming together. It's like two gears, right? There's not like a this and a that. It's how do we intertwine these two together? Yeah, that's exactly it. All right. So we go to cadence, right? The next element in the model and, and the cadence gives clarity on how we move as an organization, our objectives, which are our quarterly bets, our quarterly objectives, healthy fit, which is really maybe the most dignifying thing in the whole model is how do we have those conversations with the cadence? So we know that they're going to happen. They don't get forgotten. They're prioritized with the people that we work for and the people that work for us. And it's not just a performance review. It's like a uh, Chris, how are you doing, brother? Like what's going on right. in your life? What do I need to know? Where are you stuck? You know, just those good questions that create that healthy connection. And then that weekly sync is all about, you know, the the human, the connection that human makes the attention. thing
1: go. We we've had Scott Mann on the podcast, you know, several times. And and you know, Scott is uh, uh, a green beret and we've worked a lot with them and he talks a lot about bridging trust gaps. And the best way to do that is to have a cadence baked in so that you're having a two-way conversation like the manager managee relationship. Yeah, you know, it, it's just like you said, it's like have that tap on the shoulder. And just say, hey, you know, what are you working on? How can I help you? And, and stay on that same page. And again, anchored, anchored in our culture is, is communication, effective communication. Even over-communicating is okay. We're not trying to do the whole thumb, you know, on top of somebody when I say over-communicate. But you have to reinforce your culture at, at, at when you can, where you can. And and I believe our model is the perfect blend for, for doing that. Hey podcast listeners, Chris White here. I want to challenge you with something today. Now this might sting a little bit. You ready? All right, here it is. Are you limiting your capacity as a leader? We know your experience in the world of business, entrepreneurship and leadership development. We know you're smart intentional, business-savvy folks, but are you playing too small? One of the greatest steps you can take after years of leaving a company or organization is to become a coach for other businesses. I've been a business coach for over 20 years after a 20-year corporate career, and I'm here to tell you I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It is the most rewarding and gratifying thing that I have ever done in my career. And this is also why Benj Miller and I created System & Soul. We're training coaches right now to help small businesses everywhere experience breakthrough in both the system and the soul side of their business. If you're ready to expand your capacity and create impact like never before, then let's go. Get on my calendar, let's book a call, and I'm happy to introduce you to System & Soul. For more information, visit systemandthesoul.com forward slash
0: coach and set up your phone call today. So I'm glad you brought up trust gaps because it leads us right to our next element when we talk about our scoreboard because the numbers don't lie, right? It, it takes out the narrative, it takes out, and just answers the question, are we winning? But it, it almost, it, it doesn't even require trust because if the numbers are there and the numbers are right, then it is what it is. It's not about the relationship.
1: Anchor it for me, because um, right, and not about relationships. So this is, so, so tell us, like how you see, so people see you know numbers. Some people run from them, yeah. And some people run to them. But talk to us a little bit about how a scoreboard can impact culture.
0: Yeah. So we've talked about this a little before. I just have this deep belief that you know our um, the the line my coaches used. You've heard me say is that our job as leaders is to eat ambiguity and clarity, <laughs> right? So. There's nothing clearer than a number. It it paints a picture of reality. And if we as a team know what reality is, then we can deal with it. And it almost has a way of objectifying the problem. So the problem isn't Chris White. Even if you own the number, the problem's not Chris White. The problem's the number. So how can we rally around Chris to solve the number? The, The flip side of that, when we don't have that, is I'm always wondering about Chris. Is he really doing anything? Is he just, you know, does he just show up at the meetings and talk? You know, is anything really happening? Are we having that progress? If I can take out that doubt, then I come into the room with that safety and trust that we're talking about, and we can have real conversations. It just eliminates the doubt and the fear from the room.
1: Yeah, and and you know what else it does? It builds trust.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It builds trust. And that's and the... That's the foundation. I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with Patrick Lencioni and the five dysfunctions, right? And that bottom foundational piece of his pyramid is trust. And and I believe the scorecard helps build trust because like you said, the data doesn't lie and it's reality. And that's what we deal with. This is the scoreboard is how we really manage the business. And and the beautiful thing about it is Yes, there can be emotions around the numbers, but the numbers are what they are, folks. And and as an owner, uh, you know, or an employee, I'm sharing this with everybody. This is our reality. And you know, not too long ago, that wasn't the case. I mean, I think back about my dad, God bless him. But you know, you didn't you didn't see any numbers. Yeah. And so there's this huge shift now where you know our clients are celebrating scoreboards. Um, everybody's got one, whether you know the, the company, the department, the team, the individual, and they rally around that. And I'll, and I'll tell you the one thing that I see that helps that scoreboard really be successful, um, you know, people can be a little shy around numbers, right? And I'm, I can be one of those people I've shared before that I, I'm not good with numbers. Um, but when you get into the scorecard, um, it's nice to have like, you know, however many numbers you have, 20 or less numbers, and just have a description for every one of them so that everybody truly understands the, the meaning behind the number. And then every time you come into your weekly stinks, it's just no emotion, man. This is reality. Yeah. Yep. This is where we're at and we're gonna I like I really like what you said because it's not about the person. Yes, somebody owns it and they gotta drive it, but when we get into our meetings we're and your numbers off, I'm not pointing at you. I'm saying, how can we help you, brother? Right, right. Rally around you. Now think about that impact culturally. You're not on an island. We get your numbers off, tell us what's going on, we're gonna try to help you turn it around.
0: Well, in those numbers, you're also seeing what what do we prioritize and value as a company? What is our strategy to get to where we want to go? You know, if we're if we're measuring something that has nothing to do with our strategy, that's just lunacy, right? Like, so it's also giving some credence to what this company is about. Here's the other cool thing, and before we move on, when we think. Scoreboard. The easiest thing to think about is our sales numbers, right? That's where everybody goes.
1: Yeah, which
0: is deathly important. Or you know, our big financial—that'd be next. It's sales and then financial are two things that come to the top. But what if, as an organization, we started to prioritize um, interpersonal wins or? people who have wins in their home life outside of like, how many, how many employee wins that have nothing to do with work did we, did we curate here and did we celebrate? Right. And then when you get into, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but engineering culture and our culture builder tool, the habits that we have as an organization we can measure those as well. Are we doing the things that we want to be doing to build the culture we want yeah, to have?
1: I, I like having that conversation because that was a missing piece, um, organizational habits. But let me let me ask you one more question before we get off of the scoreboard topic. Do you, uh, do you measure culture weekly, monthly, or do we measure it quarterly?
0: Yeah, I don't know that there's a right answer to that. I think there are probably some activities that we need to do for our culture that could be that could be weekly. How many daily huddles did we have, for example? You know, across the organization, um, how many of a certain kind of wins? Those can be weekly. Uh, but if we're trying to do something big, if there's a big cultural shift, um, if there's something really deep, then it's going to be slow and steady, and you know, it's probably more of a monthly thing.
1: Yeah, I think it's important. And and I agree. It's going to be different for everybody. What the right cadence is, you know. But you know, we measure we measure our 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 clients. We measure um, our customers, right? Um, and we track all that. Just seeing it makes sense that, especially in these times, with such a hybrid working condition, culture is 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 so so important. And and just as a side note. For any doubters out there who don't think they can build culture remotely, um, I highly recommend reading Brian Miles' book, um, uh, uh, Virtual Culture. Uh, this, this Atlanta-based company has won numerous awards, and they have over 1,000 employees that are remote, right? And so I just, I just wanted, I didn't want to skip over that because, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. But you know, weekly core value call outs another way, right? Inside yeah. of your meetings. Yeah. Um, to 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 reinforce without hitting them over the head, you know, that the, the core values and and, and uh, you know it's it's fun to call people out for core value shout outs, right? Um, we do it every week in our meetings and and you know, we're actually growing now. We've got Meetings and we've got employees <laughs> at System and Soul. but anyway, it, it's. Uh, uh, I just didn't want to gloss over that part because you're going to put all this effort into your culture. We measure everything at System and Soul. You've got to measure that too.
0: Well, here's here's something fun. It's how many how many service or like you know professional service based businesses have you gone in, Chris? And they have some form of a scoreboard. Usually, it's like red, yellow, green for all of their customers, like to yeah. know the status of the account. Yeah. But I don't know if I've ever gone into a company and they have one of those on each employee. Nope. <laughs> you said that about like measuring our customers. I'm like, ooh, that hurts a little because that, you know, that that have that does happen. We pay a lot of attention, but yeah. you know, do we know the the heart of our people and and their, you know, how they're doing? Red, yellow, green. All right, we got to move on. Destination. We can be quick here because everything you need to know about destination, you can go get in Simon Sinek's TED Talk, How Leaders Inspire Action. Um, And and basically, here's the deal. The most important thing about the destination isn't where we're going and it isn't when we're going to get there. It's why. Why does that matter? And the reason that the why is important is because it gives everybody an opportunity to play a role in the story how do i play role? how do i fit within this organization it's within some sort of alignment to a belief or a purpose or a cause for this organization it's all tied up in that ability to articulate why do we do what we do you know we sell pencils okay great why yeah. does the world really need another pencil probably not but a great company that that knows what they're doing can make a dent in the universe selling pencils if they have a why that connects their people and their market to those pencils. Moving on to ethos, this is where it gets a little more obvious that we're all about the the, um, soul side of this, but the ethos is, uh, it's just knowing who we are. Uh, In some literal definitions, a soul is how we see ourselves, And so the ethos of the organization is how do we see ourselves? And within the elements within there, we've got the identity, which is literally the statement, you know, it's the, it's the self-affirmation where the company goes and looks in the mirror and says it to themselves. "I'm, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like me, right. It gives us that identity to be able to move out into the market from, we have the values, which create the psychological safety that you mentioned. We know how we operate based on what we value and the hedgehog, you know, from, from, Jim Collins gives us an amazing filtering tool for what we're going to say yes to, and what we're going to say no to how fast, you know, all of those things. It's just such a great filtering tool that ties back to who we are as an organization.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's a really fun exercise um, because everybody, uh, I always tell people, you know, to just kind of settle in because, um, this is going to be a really fun and deep conversation. And, and, you know, when you get five or six executives and, and you, you lay that on them, like, hey, you know, what is our identity? Like, who are we? I mean, I know we got these core values over here. That's great, but what is our identity, you know, internally yeah. and externally, like forward facing? What's our identity, you know, to the world? And it's such a great conversation. And, and when you get on the other side of that conversation, I mean, nine out of 10 times, they come up with this really simple but specific statement that, that captures it. Yeah, like, you, you sit back and you're like, whoa, that was powerful.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's like the old adage. like we, we tend to think we're smart by overcomplicating things yeah. when in reality, it's like, could your six-year-old daughter tell somebody what you do for a living? Right. And like, who, yeah. who does, who does daddy work for? Right. Like could they, yeah. could they be do a sales pitch for you? And if they can't, maybe it's still a little too, too complex.
1: Well, you know, you, one more thing when, when, when you pull it together, like when we work on the, 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 the ethos and the identity and you know, we, we pull in that onlyness statement. When you, when you look at our roadmap tool, one of the things that I really love, and it, it's to this point, I think, where you're going, it's like a story. When, when you look at the roadmap and you can it combine your onlyness statement with your BHAG and your Y, and you fill those in, very simple statements, right? It, it, it's, a, it's a story that everybody in the organization can tell yeah yeah and and it's clean it's simple it, it's not massive um, but so my point is that part of the roadmap is what it anchors it for everybody
0: I think that's it the the s2 roadmap it it really Gives you the core elements of what the soul of your company looks like. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. All the elements are there.
0: Yeah. All right. So, last one, the sixth element in the model is people. We want the right humans, growing and healthy. It starts with culture. We've talked about our our culture builder that we start with. It's so simple, right? We already have our values. We've gone through that. We need to determine what are the attributes we want to be true of our culture. And if that's true, we have a simple math problem to f- fill in then uh, our, our values that the individuals have, plus now we need to figure out what are gonna be our organizational habits that if we do these things, if we prioritize these things, if we resource these things, if we stick to these things, they become habit, it'll make these attributes of our culture true. We have problem solving, you know, we have our, our methodology for defining the opportunities that are there, the obstacles are there, defining them well, and then aligning them to the S2 roadmap. Taking that that conversation at hand, saying, hey, we already have a map for a lot of things. Does this right. fit on the map? What in the map informs this, creates a filtering tool. That's the first step to great problem solving. And then being able to, to get, you know, have a conversation that moves it to a solve, not just around in circles, get to that action. What are we gonna do with this? And then last but not least is leadership. How are we investing in ourselves to be the best leader we can be so that we can bring all of ourselves to give to other people, build right. them up, lift them up. And really, we talked about this over and over, but the the leadership to us is 80%, you know, be able to lead yourself really well. A leader is simply somebody that other people want to follow. Yeah. And if we can be somebody that's worth following, um, then <laughs> then that's it, right? We can't manufacture. That. There's not a tool for that. It's long inward uh, work. We can do some things that make us better leaders, but at the end yeah. of the day, we're still showing up with us and the people are ultimately, you know, it's like these little souls that all build up to create the soul of your organization.
1: Yeah, and you know, you made me think of um, in Daniel in Coyle's book. Culture code, he says. Culture is not something you are; it's something you do. And I like what you said because all the little souls running around the organization—that's everybody. Like we know, it starts with leadership, and yes, we we we, um, you know, they set the tone, they set the pace as they go, so go the rest, right? But individually, you know, we want everybody to be thinking that you know this culture thing—it's not. It's not something you are. It's just, it's, it's that physical representation, right? Organizational yeah. Habits as the example in the culture builder, but that's the thing. Culture is not
0: something you are. It's something you've got to do. Well said. All right. As we wrap this, I feel like Chris and I, we could, we could talk about this all day. We would yeah. love your questions. You know, what did we miss? What are your thoughts? Uh, what do you believe makes a culture a culture? um and how do you see that in the model or how do you see it missing from the model we'd love to uh hear those questions and take a shot at them so send those in you can find all of our information at systeminsoul.com and we'll see you next week